Welcome to PR for Humans. I'm Mike Sargent, and I'm on a mission to help business leaders communicate more powerfully. Do you want to develop world-class media skills? Do you want to become a high-impact public speaker? Do you want a galvanizing business story that delivers your success? Then I can help. Visit sergeantleaders.com or prforhumans.com. Type Mike Sargent into Google. Find me. Find me and call me for media training, public speaking training, PR consulting, and leadership coaching. Anywhere in the world, I'd love to help you. My new book is PR for Humans, published April 2019. You can find it on Amazon. And please go now to Apple Podcasts or Spotify, rate and review this show. Thank you. Thank you. Share this podcast, share your stories, share your knowledge, stay human, and stay curious. Welcome to another edition of the show, and I am thrilled. We've got a special guest today. It's Francesco Lombardo. Franco, I don't even know how to describe you. How, how do you describe yourself? What, who are you, and what, what do you do? <laughs> uh, well, the best way to describe uh, what I am uh, and what I do is, as I tell folks, you know, I work exclusively with uh, business-owning families across the globe helping the humans get along with the other humans. Because, you know, as we all know, human beings are wonderful and we're awful at the same time. And it's about understanding uh, our humanness and how our humanness gets in the way of relationships. And this is something that applies to every family on the planet, right? We, we, all, we all come from, from families of one kind or another. And we all know that families ain't perfect. And they're always challenged from so many different directions. So... What you do is, well, to an outsider, it might seem like the impossible job to try and bring that peace, harmony, safe space, as you call it, to families. Big job. Um, you know, it can be. Um, you know, for me, I just, um, I look at how I've evolved as a human being. You know, how, I've, how, I, how I have been able to um, understand my story uh, not judge it, you know, just be with it and say, okay, that's something that happened to me and how did that event affect me moving forward in my relationships? And um, I recognize that every one of us are human beings and we all have a story. And once we understand our story as individuals, our value increases, not just for ourselves, but for those who are part of a system. Mm. And this is why I was really keen to have you on the podcast. I mean, this is it's a podcast for business people and for people in the in the communications world and, and public relations world. But it's really a podcast about stories and what stories mean to people, how people communicate their stories, and whether people are honest about their stories and come to terms with their stories, stories in the past, stories in the present, and the story they want to set for their future. And it's, it strikes me that although you're not in communications or PR very far from it, there's a real overlap here in terms of finding the human being finding the true story and helping the person find that degree of 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 comfort and and higher level of performance in their life and in their business as a result of of finding that story about themselves so can you just unpack that a bit for us and explain maybe to the listeners what all of this means from your perspective well, I think one of the biggest misconceptions that we have as human beings is we feel shame or embarrassed by our story. And what that means is we translate that into feeling ashamed and embarrassed about who we are. And it's not about that. You know, a story is something that happened to us. It, it's not who we are. It's, it's an event that occurred in time 
that we attach subjective meaning to it. And as a result of that, we make that meaning mean something about ourselves. You know, so for example, um, you know, I was, and I'm sharing this not to, not to create shock. It's just, just, these are just facts, you know? So I was sexually abused as a child uh, by a teacher. My father used to beat me and my mother was inappropriate with me sexually. And then I was bullied as a child in the playground. So I never felt safe anywhere. And for the longest time, I made all of those events mean that there was something wrong with me, that, you know, I was actually unlovable, that I was disposable, that there was no value, and that, frankly, I had no voice. And what I had to say didn't matter. And as I started to unpackage that story and understand it for what it is, which is just a story, uh, with the assistance of my coach, and I've introduced you to him, Dov Barron, uh, we were able to use my story and me overcoming it as a powerful metaphor of what happens when we own our story and start to write a new one moving forward. But it, it's about understanding who we are. And tell me the story of, of what Dov said to you when you said you were um, building a business about connecting people emotionally to, to wealth and to family. Tell, tell me that, tell the listeners that story. You know, so, uh, so my business has not always been successful as most businesses, you know, took, took struggle. Um, but I remember it was shortly after he helped me un understand and really connect with the fact that I was sexually abused and um, as, as I had buried a lot of those feelings. When a traumatic event occurs to, to a human, uh, particularly a child, they don't know how to handle it, so they just bury everything. And um, as a result of opening up the box of feelings, all these feelings started to come out, and it was just, I went into overwhelm. And I remember um, in, a, in a follow up session with Dov, I said, you know, here's what's going on. And he just started to laugh. And I thought, you know, gee, that's pretty cruel of you, mate. And I'm just sharing, you know, my agony and you're laughing at me. And he says, no, it's not about that. He says, he said, I just find it ironic and comical that, you know, you've created a business in helping extremely wealthy individuals and families connect with their feelings. And yet you have not been able to connect with yours. Now, have you ever mm -hmm. considered that that might be one of the reasons why business was struggling? And I went, Christ, you're right. That's exactly it. And ever since then, you know, my business has flourished because I've been able to connect with my feelings and not judge them, you know, like, like, um, like Steve Nolte, like, um, um, Mick Nolte says in, in the movie, the peaceful warrior, you know, feelings are just like the weather they pass, but we have to be with them. Hmm. Yeah. That's, um, that's what so many people in, in, in business, they are thinking that business is is about the balance sheet right the the assets and the investments and the liabilities and the payroll and and the legals and all this stuff but but this bit goes missing and in family businesses but in in all businesses it, it can go missing and 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 when it goes missing we're losing so much we're losing so much of the power that those individuals have to be great versions of themselves but also to lead and influence others and that that's that's i think one powerful lesson i've taken from your work well you know at veritage as you know you know we believe that family wealth has three components it's mm. made up financial capital which is the obvious human capital which is the individuals and social capital which is the collection of individuals plus their collective brand and reputation and families start are starting to realize that the most valuable asset class in that portfolio is the human being and if we are to increase our value as humans, does it not make sense to better understand ourselves? You know, to understand why we behave the way we do, uh, understand why we make the choices the way we do, and understand our stories. So 
the more we know about ourselves, the more valuable we are to ourselves, the more valuable we are to our systems. And interestingly enough, the more, the more value we can command in the work we do. Mm. And there, there definitely there's, there's um, common ground with the, with the world of, of reputation and, and public relations and communications and, and the work that you do. Because if, if we're not um, you know, optimizing as, as human beings in our relationships and, and, and with ourselves, then there's a really big kind of risk element which comes onto this balance sheet that we can we can screw up we can do stupid things crazy things um inappropriate things and all of that can can damage the the sum total of of the wealth of the family or the wealth of of, of the business so so this human capital bit is is crucial but it's also the i think the hardest bit to to address i mean you know anyone can a good accountant can come along and look at the assets and liabilities and a good investment manager can come along and look for returns but how on earth do you do you address the human capital franco well i think it starts with you know um having an individual be courageous enough and curious enough about themselves to go down the rabbit hole you know and to explore um their their story you know and and understand that that story has a consequence and that story has an impact and an influence in our day-to-day decision making you know one of the things we talk about in our trainings is that everything we do as human beings we do for a reason right the thing is most of us have no idea what that reason is so we're out there operating blindly uh with frankly our ego making decisions on behalf with our, our even our consensus and decisions are based from two places. They're either based from our story, which is our conditioning or our past, or they're based on our purpose or what we call safe space. And most human beings haven't taken the time to understand what each of those are. So they're out there operating like robots effectively, lying to themselves that they're in charge of their lives. When it's reality, they're not. It's their story that's in charge of their life. But until they understand what their story is, they're dead in the water. And, you know, they're operating in this land of familiar and nothing changes. And they wonder why they keep getting the exact same results and they don't grow. They don't achieve their greatness. It's because they're stuck in they're stuck in, in, in this land of familiar. And that is where we are kind of repeating the same kind of behaviors based on certain beliefs, based on certain thoughts that we that we've had based on events that have happened in, in our past. It's 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 all of that that kind of goes goes round and round and gets us into that quite narrow mode of operating that we that we do repeating behaviors and we don't even understand what what we're doing or why we're doing the things that we're doing is that right that's exactly it right and until we can understand what's the driver of our of our decision making we will always be making the same decisions and then and as a result getting the same results so if you want different if you want a different life if you want a different outcome be courageous enough and curious enough to go and understand your story and I get asked all the time because I do quite a bit of speaking. And one of the questions that I get is, you know, how do I know that a coach is right for me? And my advice is you want to ask that coach two questions. Number one, pardon my French, what's your shit? And number two, <laughs> what are you doing about it? Mm. And if they can't answer that, wrong coach. Because they're not living the guiding principles of coaching. That's my opinion. Yeah, and I think I think that's certainly something that I've um, been thinking about a lot more recently about how I become a better communications coach or any kind of coach, leadership coach. Uh, to do that, I've got to I've got to you know walk the walk. I've got to I've got to do this stuff myself. And people people do come to me and say, "How can I become a better public speaker?" 
Well, I think if you want to become an outstanding public speaker, that involves a level of honesty and vulnerability about who you are, um, which most people don't have the courage to go there. They just want to be an efficient business speaker, but they don't want to be an outstanding speaker. But I think if you do want to reach the heights, you, you've, got to, you've got to open up a bit, right? And, um, and that's where the magic starts to happen and the powerful connections start to be, to be forged. And that's what really interests me about your work, that I can see it through a communications lens, how people are drawn towards um, those leaders and those coaches and those individuals who are living in, in this way. So it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating, and, and for me, a very, a very kind of new and different perspective on, on life and business and communication and the whole, the whole package. Well, the thing is, you know, as human beings, you know, we, we all want to feel safe. You know, we want to feel safe in our environments, in our relationships, and with our wealth. And part of that is we want to be able to connect at a deep, transparent level. And the only way through that is through the door of vulnerability. You know, f- for those of us that really want to connect to be able to inspire, empower, and transform, we must do that with ourselves. So, you know, if you want to communicate on the outside, we need to communicate on the inside. We need to understand, yeah. you know, who we are as individuals and the impact of that has on our communication on the outside. And this, is, this for me is exactly the heart of what's wrong with um, a lot of the PR world and the communications world. Is you're trying to spray a solution onto something, either an organization or a person. You're trying to say, look, there is the, the answer for you. And you don't have to look inside yourself. You don't have to do any of this hard stuff. You don't have to do any of this emotional stuff. You just read out this speech or you can put this video on your website or you can do this media interview but the the really powerful communication if you want to be powerful externally you've got to look inside first and and that is 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 where you just go to another level as well if you can do that as a community most people don't have the courage for it though I, I think and so so what do you do Franco if people don't have the courage for that step I mean because it's something anyone can do can with the right well well the first thing we do is is we interview Right. So uh, my business is all, you know, we're fortunate enough that our business is all a referral now. So when we get a, a referral, the very first thing we do is we interview that referral to see if, they're, if, they, if they have the mindset to do the work. Uh, and then we have them fill out a, a scorecard, you know, just to see, you know, where they're at uh, on eight particular mindsets. And they either fit it or they don't. Right. And we get to say no every now and then because we believe that unless someone is ready, willing and able to do the work, they're not going to really get the value of it and it'll be a waste of time and resources. You know, mm. you know, as I'm sure you experienced in, in the work we did uh, in the coach training recently, you know, that you had to be in the mindset to go there. Right. And if you weren't in the mindset, you wouldn't have been invited. And people think that, you know, going down the path is easy. It's, it's not, but it's worth it. You know, um, it takes courage. It takes a, massive level of vulnerability and a huge level of curiosity and i think what drives individuals again this is my belief systems mike what drives us to want to go down the rabbit hole is a strong desire to serve right we want to make a difference out there we want to inspire we want to empower and we recognize that the only way to do that is to do the work in ourselves you know so for for the individual that is happy with where they're at and uh doesn't want to do that power to them but there's a bunch of us out there in the world that really want to impact and change the world. And those are the ones that we find we, we work with, the ones that really want to dig in and, and inspire their worlds and transform their worlds. Because they recognize that where they're currently at, it may be successful, but it's not the pinnacle of where they want to go. 
Mm. And and that's the thing. You you can get quite a long way, and you can have a very successful career uh, and maybe a family business without without doing any of this stuff. But you're in some way still limited, and 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 not everyone thinks well. What's the maximum impact that I can have? What what is it, what is the kind of what does extraordinary look like? And it, it, for me, it's that the interesting thing about the way that you're serving potential clients is looking for that. First of all, people who know that they they want to improve and so on, but also that kind of stretch mindset. The people who are yeah, you know, they've had a very successful life maybe, and they do lots of things really really well. But do they want to always want to go to the next the next level of of growth personally and and for, and for their business? You know, that fundamentally starts with the curiosity. You know, I'm fundamentally curious. So I remember I've been working with my coach for 14 years. And I've got a session coming up with him tomorrow about some issues that you and I described, um, you know, in, in a private conversation. And I remember for the first five years when I would go see him, I was like, oh, my God, what's he going to cover now? You know, what's the ugliness? And then one day that shifted to, gee, I'm curious. What am I going to learn about myself today? And when I shifted to that curiosity, everything transformed for me. It wasn't about making wrong or judgments or criticism. It was just like curiosity. You know, mm. why do I make those decisions? Where is that coming from? And now I'm able to, when I get triggered, say, okay, the old Franco would have done this. The new Franco is going to do this. And that's what I call safe space. And that's what we refer to governance in action. I'm governing my life based on what matters to me not on what the perceived perception is of outside or what my um, story is, which is a place of weakness and, and manipulation and deceitfulness as opposed to being in integrity. Here's who I am. Here's what I stand for. And I'm not going to settle. And there's a few things about that. There's, there's, there's knowing who you are and, and, and what, you, what your kind of core guiding beliefs, principles, values, whatever you want to call them, what, what they are. In, in, in essence and also and perhaps this is the most significant bit for me is just that perspective on yourself being aware of yourself uh, so you can almost see when things are happening see when ah the old Mike would have done this the old Franco would have done this and say actually I can I know exactly what's happening here because I've seen it many times before I can observe it it doesn't mean that that you can always get it right or you could always stop it or you, you know when when I don't feel I'm, I'm, I'm living a, a perfect life after doing your training, but I think that I'm much more aware of, of the kind of repeated behaviours that I was exhibiting. And, and then you can think about strategies to, to, um, to change, to be different. And, you know, just, just to be clear, Mike, you know, just because I, I'm the creator of the training and the creator of Safe Space doesn't mean that I'm, that I'm there 100% of the time either. You know, I'm a human being, I'm a human, and I've got my conditioning that, like all of our conditioning, is quite strong. And there is the natural desire pulled to the land of familiar, the old way of being. The difference is now I can see uh, where if I settle or if I continue down the old path, I can predict my future, which is more of the same, as opposed to saying, you know what, this isn't going to serve me. This choice is not going to serve me. I'm going to choose something else. You know, and, and that, that applies to relationships. You know, it, that applies to... Um, you know, one of my challenges has been I, I was lose. So I've been single for the last seven years, and it's been the most difficult and the most rewarding thing I've ever given gifted myself. And what's interesting is I had an old pattern of behaving in relationships, and that would be is I would lose myself 
completely in relation. Like I would, I would give up who I was. I would give up my boundaries, my identity. And, you know, I've just started the dating game recently. And, you know, whenever I see patterns that I don't believe serve me or that I'm, that I'm willing to put up with, I exit stage left quickly because I know people don't change unless they're doing the work. Mm. You know, and as, as my coach says, you know, when, when we when we meet someone and if we see behavior that we don't like, we get a choice. We get to say, you know what, I'm willing to put up with that and then that's on me or I'm not willing to put up with that and then I'm out of there. But either way, we choose. The we past, choose. I, I wouldn't have had a choice. I would, oh, yeah, yeah, I would just, well, you know, she'll change. I can do this. That's bullshit. People don't change unless they're doing significant work on themselves. Mm. That's, that's that's why my, my number one non-negotiable guiding principle for any relationship is to have to be doing work on themselves otherwise i'm not in relationship with them mm. and and that's that's the mentality you bring into 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 your coaching and 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 the work you do one-on-one with with your with your clients and the individuals let's just turn that translate that into into family context because this is where things get a lot more more interesting challenging difficult i mean you, you know you can coach me one-to-one franco but but what about the family? How on earth do you start going into a family and, and, a, and a family of, 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 you know, huge wealth? I think everything is kind of magnified and multiplied because of, because of the money dimension. But just how, how do you approach this kind of coach? How do you bring this coaching into a family context? So there's a couple of ways. Uh, the first one is in the ideal world, all the family members buy in. Right. But that's, you know, that works well for, you know, smaller families. And by smaller families, I mean, you know, eight to 10 individuals. Right. So they may all buy in. If they don't, however, every family has a champion. Uh, This is the individual that is willing to do things a little bit differently. They're willing to be the first one out there. They're also the one that sees the challenges coming down the pipe. So they get criticized a lot as the black sheep, the naysayer, the negative person. But in reality, they've got a pretty good grasp on what's coming down the pipe because they don't have their head in the sand. So we get attracted to a lot of champions. And what it, what's interesting is, is, as you know, when one does the work on safe space, energetically you shift, right? We go from uh, not being in control of our lives to being in control of our lives. And we just operate from a different perspective. And people feel that. They sense it. And they're drawn to that. Right, we all we all draw to that individual that 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 knows who they stand for. And just just to pause and just remind the listeners um, this this idea of safe space, which which you talk about a lot. Um, just scroll back a little bit and just 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 tell us what safe space is, so we can connect to that idea. Sure. So so first of all, it's I believe fundamentally that every one of us as human beings wants to feel safe. You know, we want to feel safe in our environments, in our relationships, and certainly with our wealth. Um, The challenge is most of us have not felt safe for a long time because most of us come from this thing called families. And families, for the most cases, um, you know, even though they're loving and they want to create connection, by definition of the human conditioning, we create lack of safety within our families. And it could be, you know, subtle things like not being heard or not being listened to, to, you know, other scenes of abuse of any case. So, so the idea is, is that we want to feel safe. So our definition of safety is competent in one's decision-making. So that includes intellectually, emotionally, confident in one's decision-making intellectually, emotionally. So by that, by that, I mean, is, is we understand that when we're making a decision, it's the human being making that decision, not the story they're conditioning in the background. 
Uh, number number three is understanding what we call our gigs, which is our um, default mechanisms whenever we get triggered. Understanding what those are, but more importantly, the impact those have on our relationships. Uh, number four, understanding what we call our money model, which is our subconscious belief about money. So we have beliefs about men, women, God, sex, power. We have one around money uh, that we form at an early age. And this belief is going to impact and influence pretty well every single financial decision we make from how we earn it, spend it, gift it, inherit it, transition and so forth. And then the fifth uh, component of safe space is being comfortable dealing with conflict in a healthy manner because there's going to be conflict out there. It's just if we avoid it, it just gets bigger. So how do we handle it in a healthy manner? So the work that we do starts with creating individual safety. So Mike has to feel safe for himself based on those five um, pillars. And then once Mike feels safe and Franco feels safe, then we can have what's called relational safety. So together we can start to have the dialogue where we take accountability for our story, we take accountability for our behaviors, the impact those have, and that just deepens the conversation. Then we move to familial safety where we start to have the conversation with the family, but we can't get the familial safety or relational safety until we've done the one-on-one work with each individual. So that's how we process it through. Yeah, and and this is something that once you've you've got identified the family or the family leaders with the right mindset, this is this is a process they can they can they can undertake. And how long would that kind of process take before you get to a position where those the dynamics within the family have changed and you've you've got to that position of safe space, which is never a final endpoint, I know, but but how long to make a bit a difference? Businesses like to have a deliverable they're like an end game so our end game for them is typically a what we call a family wealth constitution which simplistically is a rule book or recipe book on how the humans in the system agree to play nice with each other from an emotional perspective right and because we're playing a very emotionally charged game called family wealth games need rules and with rules we need consequences so the end game is this document um, and in order to get there, it's probably about 18 to 24 months by the time we have the document. But as families have told us time and time again, Mike, it's not the document that's the value. It's going through the process to get there. It's practicing the safe space. It's practicing the guiding principles. It's practicing the new rules, the new ways of being. Because what happens is they become different, not better relationships. Mm. No, that's, that's something that, that struck me powerfully, this, this concept of different, not better. Uh, we're not just trying to improve by 10%, 20%. We're trying to, to have a different a different um, approach and a different uh, outcome, which uh, it's that idea of change that is, that, is, that is very deeply kind of rooted into all of this. You know, so, this, 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 yeah. this, is, this is a concept that comes from my coach, Dov Barron, right? And I never really understood it until I became different, right? And in order to become different, we have to do different, we have to think different, we have to behave different. We don't have to behave better. We got to behave different, and the only way we get there is by really understanding the why we behave the way we do. The the, the automatic responses those have to stop. We need to change those. If we if we want if we want to operate at a higher level, you know. If not, you know, stay where you're at. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It works okay. It works okay for, for a lot of people and not so okay for some. Anyway, um, let's just, just um, turn the corner here and, and, and talk back to the kind of theme of this podcast, which is about communication um, and different moments when people have to stand up and communicate. I wonder if we could just apply the sort of safe space idea to that. So 
say if somebody wants to become a more effective public speaker, right, which is something a lot of people get very nervous about, uh, standing up in front of crowds and, and, and speaking to audiences. How can we take your thinking and, and help to coach them to become better, more effective public speakers? Well, this is, um, you know, who I am today and what I do today is directly, you know, uh, related to work I've done with Dolph Barron as my coach, right? So the idea of, of using our story as a context for what's possible in transformation is his, is not mine. So just to be really clear. Mm-hmm. So, so in my case, you know, I, I use my story of not having felt safe as a child uh, to want to create a safe space in the world. So my personal purpose is to create a safer world. Uh, and the medium that I choose to do through is, is family-owned businesses because I believe if I can help an individual and a family feel safe and then the relationships feel safe, then ultimately the family feels safe, together we can transform the world into a safer place. So I think if individuals are able to understand what their story is, really own it, and use that as a metaphor uh, and an agent for transformation, that's a very powerful message. Because what it does is it tells an audience, you know, uh, I was where you are, and I am where you want to go. So I'm the logical person to hire to assist you with your journey, and if that journey is the journey you want to take. You know, so so in your case, you know, you're all about helping people uncover the story. And as you realize in the training, you know, you had become the storyteller who'd forgotten his story. Mm. And that's a powerful story to share. People will get that. Yeah. And I, I, as I share that story, I, I, uh, that, that actually I'd spent uh, large parts of my career telling people what their stories should be or, or interpreting their stories for them um, or reporting stories of other people that actually in that process, my story gets lost, got lost. And one of the most powerful things I can do as a coach and as a communicator is to show, is to share the story and show my story more and help. And that will help others to come, to come forward. And, and that, that unlocks a, a degree of connection with the audience and performance in a speaker and also leadership. You know, if, if, if leaders are able to show how they've changed we're more likely to follow them, right? You know, like if you're the CEO who, who... What we've done, not talk about what we're going to do, mm. right? You know, it, we can use our story to inspire, empower, and transform. We must be, be, we must be the example of that. So one of the things that's pretty clear to me is I have to be the example and custodian of safe space by living it. Mm. Otherwise, it falls flat in its face. And for me, that's a daily challenge. You know, I, you know, because I'm human too, and I get triggered. And, you know, if, if I can't sort it out of myself, I go see my coach like I'm going to see him tomorrow. And that, that could go for any CEO, any politician, any person in a, a position of responsibility that we're looking at them and we're sort of thinking, are they showing us who they really are? I believe that a leader's number one job is to inspire and empower others. And the only way to do that, in my opinion, in an authentic way is to be the example. And the one thing that I've learned is, is we can't, you know, I cannot inspire and empower others without having worked with someone to help me understand who I am and where, why I was, you know? So, so for you leaders and politicians and anyone that wants to really uh, be the PR of themselves or their company, you know, hire someone to help you understand why you behave the way you do. A surgeon cannot, a heart surgeon cannot self-operate. He needs another someone else to help him. It's no different here. 
Yeah. And when, when you start to look at the business world and the political world through this lens, you, you realize uh, uh, what a long way there is to go. Um, but communication, but just people having an impact and being, being real leaders. So, well, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, in the work that we do, we, we, you know, the, the family work that we do with our clients is, is we don't just work with, you know, the next head of the family business or the next patriarch. You know, we work with, with everybody because all of us are leaders in our own lives. You know, we all have the choice on how we choose to react. And that's what we call governance and action. The question is, is do we have the courage and the curiosity to go and become more effective leaders as human beings? Mm. And those are the folks we work with. And if they're not there, then we just choose not to work with them. Yeah. And that starts with the, ne that's with the next gen is, is, is a really important part of the work that you do inspiring those leaders of the future right yeah yeah you know and part of that you know is, is about inspiring the current generation you know that that you know they're human beings too and they've got a story that's running the show as to you know why they may not be willing to let go why they may not trust it's not about the next generation it's about their story their conditioning that's in the way of relationships mm. so how long did it take you to figure all this out franco put it all together and, and do you feel you've, you've you've got there you've figured it out I, I've been working with my coach for 14 years, and my commitment to his, him is I will continue to work with him uh, as long as he's alive. Because, you know, even though I am the creator of safe space and the custodian of it, my humanness gets in the way. And do I have more awareness now than I had in a number of years back? Absolutely. Uh, do I uh, make better choices? Absolutely. Do I make better choices all the time? Absolutely not. <laughs> right, because you know, as as we know, human beings are great justifiers, and I can bullshit myself, like mm. all of us can. The question is, I catch myself, you know, and I do something about it. So, so last year, I went and saw my coach. You know what? I've had integrity breach with myself. Let's let's examine where it comes from, and then recommit. Mm. I recommit to the path, and you know, the leadership path is one that we choose to walk on on a daily basis. We, you know, we get off the path, we go back to the old way of being. Yeah. And I frankly don't like who I used to be. Yeah. And the minute you think you've got it sorted is the moment you're going to fall off the path or get pushed somewhere else. It's about constant diligence. And, you know, if, if I get off the path for a second, just get back on it. Yeah. Great advice, Franco. Thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your wisdom and your unique approach to you know you work in family business and, and, and family wealth advisory but I just think there's so much in here which is applicable in in leadership in communications in business and in 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 life so thank you for sharing and uh, thank you for everything that that uh, you've taught me particularly in the last few weeks oh Mike absolutely my pleasure and as I said before you know I apply your courage and your desire to serve um, and your curiosity Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. And so we reach the end of another episode of PR for Humans. I do hope you've enjoyed the show. Please share the ideas and the knowledge. Visit prforhumans.com or sergeantleaders.com for more information about me and my work. I provide media training, public speaking training, leadership coaching and PR strategy for amazing clients all over the world. Perhaps we can work together someday. Either way, I wish you luck. Share this podcast, 
Share your stories. Share your knowledge. Stay human and stay curious.